Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, welcome back to the Villa View. It's time for a match preview as Aston Villa Football Club take on Nottingham Forest this weekend at Villa Park. Yet another 3pm kickoff. We are being spoiled recently. I'm joined by Sky Sports News' Dave Reed, Villa fan as well, of course. Dave, how are you? Very well, thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for this game this weekend. It's going to be great. Yeah, which is on such a good run at the moment that you do look forward to every single game. Nottingham Forest aren't good travellers. They've only won once away from home all season, and that was against Southampton, where they won 1-0. So they're not the best of runs either, you were telling me before we came on. that you know Was it eight games they've gone now? Yeah, that's right. Game? So they're yeah, not, they're not right. in a good place, are they, Forest, at the moment? But Steve Cooper maintains probably 95% of the fan base he support, and more crucially at the moment, the owner support as well. Yeah, but for how long, I guess, from Steve Cooper's point of view, we, we, there was a statement released, wasn't there, the other day, maybe Tuesday, um, from, the, from the owner saying, it might have been, might have been yesterday, actually, my days, yesterday, I think. <laughs> my days, my days are just all in one, um, saying that results needed to improve, performances needed to improve immediately. So, yes, Steve Cooper's going to be in charge for this game. And he's been given the backing for this game. But how long that will continue if Aston Villa get a convincing result on Saturday? You wonder how long Steve Cooper will be in a job for. Do you think? Do you think now, at this point now, he's he's ridden a couple of storms out. If they were going to sack him, you feel like they kind of would have done it by now. I mean, I was down at Forest last week and I've got to say, he seemed very, very relaxed when, when I spoke to him. He, he didn't seem... Under pressure, they're about where you'd probably expect them to be. They're about where he probably expected them to be as well. The fans aren't calling for, for his head. I think Forrest lose more by getting rid of him, especially now. I think he's done such a good job. They were obviously in the doldrums when he took over and he's taken them to places they never thought they'd be at this this time of, of year now. They'd have never said this, well, probably 18 months ago, they're going to be in the Premier League. You know, they're in touch with everyone. They'd... I just don't see what they'd gain by sacking him now. And he's a good manager as well. 
Yeah, I mean, they've been in this position before, haven't they? Earlier in the season, there were stories around him getting sacked and then he signed, ended up signing a new contract, didn't he? So, and you're right, the fan base have a, a major say in terms of Cooper's future, really, because you'd have thought if the fans had turned on him, Cooper would have gone a long time ago. The fact that the fans are still there with him means that he's got that backing from them and perhaps that means that the owner has kind of been a little bit reluctant to, to push the button on Steve Cooper because the fans have been with him. And I get the whole argument that, you know, they were ahead of schedule coming up. But I think from the owner's perspective, he'll see all the amount of money that they've spent on players and he'll be looking for a return on that investment. You know, they won't want to be going down. And, you know, we don't really know the ins and outs of the contract situation with the players that they have signed at Nottingham Forest. But you would have thought, they would have thought ahead and, and thought about relegation reduction in wages. But mm. there'll be players there on big money and the owner will want a return on that money. So he'll be wanting them to stay up. And if he thinks that he can go out and get another manager to get a bounce for the final eight, nine games of the season, then he's the type of, type of owner that you would expect to to want to do that and, and perhaps it means the end for Steve Cooper. Yeah, they're a sensible bunch of fans, Nottingham Forest. I've, I've always thought that. They're, they're a good club, been away from the Premier League for so, so long. But I'd almost say, and we, 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 you know, we spoke about this on the transfer shows in August and probably again in January, such a difficult job to try and amalgamate all those players together and try and make a functioning team. And for points during the season, particularly when you think about I think just before the World Cup break and just after the World Cup break, Steve Cooper did that and they started to have some momentum. I think a few weeks ago, they were 12th, 13th. Again, in January, they brought in more players, didn't necessarily need all the players that they brought in. But I just feel like that's disrupted them again a little bit. But I do think towards the back end of the season, Cooper will, will settle on a team. He seems to have settled on a front three at the, at the moment in Dennis Johnson and Gibbs-White. I think he'll find his team. I, I do think he'll probably end up keeping them up because their home form is excellent. But away from home, Dave, from with our Villa hats on, Villa have got to take advantage of how useless they are away from the city <laughs> ground, haven't they? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, given given their away form, they know we know that they're going to sit off us. They're going to let us have the ball. They're going to try and cram that middle of the park, a little bit like what Leicester did the other night with... Um, bringing in Nampolis Mendy into that midfield, they tried to kind of condense the middle of the park to, to stop us playing through them. You'd think that Nottingham Forest would would do the same. Again, they'll probably go four at the back again. I know they've kind of switched between formations this season, but he seems to have settled on four at the back and, and Froiler in midfield. He might drop in between the centre-backs at times as well to, to make it a three when they've got the ball. But I can see us dominating the ball and it'll be about us trying to break them down, really. And I, I, I think it might follow a same sort of pattern as what the, the Bournemouth game at home was, where, you know, they'll be very much trying to play on the counter-attack. They've got the mm. weapon to hurt us on the counter-attack. When you look at Gibbs-White, when you look at Dennis, if he's fit, when you look at Brennan Johnson as well. So they'll be trying to get us on the counter-attack and on transitions. And, and, and don't forget, you know, we beat Bournemouth, but they created some chances and it was only... Maybe poor finishing and, and good goalkeeping that stopped them from from at least scoring one on that afternoon. So uh, as much as we're going into this thinking, you know, we should turn these over, you've got to have a little bit in the back of your mind to say they've got they've got some players that can hurt us. Yeah, I've watched a lot of Forest this season, and transition is definitely the, the way that they they can hurt hurt Villa. I think from Villa's point of view. I'm not sure their back four is it's Premier League standard. Really, I think that's the bit of the side that, that's really letting them down. You know, you look at Johnson's goal return, 
it's pretty good for, for the level that they're playing at or where they are in, in the league. I think Gibbs White, although his productivity may not seem great, I think he's such a great footballer and he's such a dangerous player. So, so good at carrying the ball. And Dennis has got previous against Villa as well. I think he scored every time he's played against Villa in the Premier League. Yeah. Well, Dennis. I mean, I'm spoiling our, ne- our next show, the Stato show, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he scored in every game against us, Dennis. So, you know, they have got some players that, that can hurt us. But the bit that buoys me is that I just think Villa's midfield, even without Kamara, McGinn and Louise are playing so well at, at the moment that they could perhaps stop those transitions. Yeah, it'd be interesting to to see where Ramsey plays because he played on the right-hand side mm. against Leicester. Maybe that was to try and help out Ashley Young against Harvey Barnes. You wonder whether Ramsey might switch back over to the left-hand side on Saturday and try and help out Moreno with Brennan Johnson because you feel like Johnson's going to remain quite high on that right-hand side and, and, and wait and perhaps let Alex Moreno run beyond him and, and, and not do that much tracking back for him. So you, you would kind of think that Brennan Johnson might just hang on that last line on the right-hand side and we might need Ramsey on that left-hand side to help cover when uh, when Moreno's bombing forward. So th- that's one decision that I think will be intriguing to see whereabouts Ramsey plays. You're right. I mean, I think Morgan Gibbs-White is a brilliant player. I know there was lots of chat and we spoke as well about the amount of money that Forrest paid for him. But I really think he's a, he's a great footballer and he's got a high ceiling. Morgan Gibbs-White, I think out of the traditional big six I was reading today of the other 14 clubs... I think he's created the most chances of any player among the other 14 clubs. And at the moment, he's kind of playing in that false nine position where he'll start high and then drop deep. And then the the runners in behind of Dennis, of Brennan Johnson, um, cause the damage and he kind of drops in and links the play in midfield. But also he's got the ability to turn and run at you as well. So I I really rate Morgan Gibbs-White. I think he's a great player. Yeah, he, he was really good last week. They were, I watched their game against Wolves last week and they were really, really unlucky not, not to come away with three points. I thought they were by far the better team in that game. But that, again, that defence, it can always be got at and they gave up an opportunity and, and Wolves punished them. But Johnson's goal came from kind of hanging on the right on, on, on the right hand side. They've got the young Brazilian lad in midfield whose name's completely gone from my head. Danilo, was it? Danilo. Danilo, you know, he was he was involved in the in the goal as well. He looks like he's a good find. He looks like he'll he'll be a good player in, in years to come. Shelby's the one who I, I sometimes watch. I, I just watched the highlights of the game against Leeds before before I came in. I just feel he hasn't got the legs in midfield to play to play in the Premier League any, anymore. And he's someone that perhaps again Villa can get around and press and put under pressure because there's a lot of things that Villa are doing really well at the at the moment. I don't know where you where you sat with Ollie Watkins maybe this time last year at the, at the start of the season, but you wouldn't bet against him scoring again this week, would you? Because he's just on absolute fire at the, at the moment. All kinds of different finishes as well. He's scoring with his head, his right foot, his left foot. His confidence must be absolutely through through the roof, and it's it's great to see. Have, have you always been a, a fan of Ollie Watkins? Yes, um, although you know I must admit that the goal scoring previous to this run did worry me a little bit. And I think that's why, you know, there was lots of talk around us going out and getting a number nine or, you know, a, someone who can challenge Ollie Watkins in the January window. Obviously, we went for someone at the other kind of stage of their career in in Duran. So, yeah, it did worry me, Ollie Watkins' goal scoring um, record. But it's it's funny how things turn, isn't it? He uh, he went down, didn't he, with a, a little injury against Leicester. Oh, I was, I was and worried. <laughs> my heart... My heart was in my mouth thinking, don't do this to us, not now, not while we're on this run, not while things are going so well. But, you know, that's, I guess, one of Ollie Watkins' 
plus points that he is very durable. He'll play a lot of minutes for you and he doesn't get injured that often. I don't say it. Anecdotally, don't, don't off the top it. of my head. Don't I know, it. I know. But the, the really, you know, and, and he offers a lot of flexibility. You know, he's talked about changing his game slightly under under Unai Emery, not perhaps coming deep and trying to work the channels or, or things like that, just, just kind of being a more of a box striker. So he offers a bit more flexibility that he can do the box striker and he can also offer the flexibility by coming wide and helping out on the left-hand side or, or, or needed to drop deep and try and link the play a little bit. So he, he offers, offers us a lot and that's why I really like him. You don't have to have a striker that's up there scoring you 20 goals a season when you know, you've got other players chipping in with goals. So if he does end this scoring run at some point, you would like to think that players around him will be ready and able to step up and chip in with goals to help him out. Well, one of those players that did chip in with a, with a goal on in midweek was Bertrand Troyore. I probably, again, thought we'd seen that seen the last of Bertrand Troyore, but he pops up with an absolute worldie <laughs> near the end of, end of the game, absolute scenes in, in the away end. I'm not sure he comes in and starts. I think he might be used as an impact sub again. What, what do you think? Yeah, you feel like... I mean, I can understand why people will be saying, well, you've got to start him, particularly because Leon Bailey hasn't been pulling up any trees. And given the emotion of what happened the other night, you can understand why some Villa fans might be saying that you've got to start him. And he, he will be full of confidence, no doubt about that. But I, I think, you know, that would be the emotional decision, perhaps, to start him on Saturday. And I think the more sensible choice, which, you know, Unai Emery seems to, to make the right choice, whatever he does at the moment... I think the right choice for him probably will be to to continue with Leon Bailey up front, who can who can drift wide and and take on players. I do think they're they're kind of you know there's been a few comparisons between Bailey and Trier. I think they are slightly different um, in terms of Bailey, someone who can take the ball and, and run at defenders and probably go by them, whereas Trier is a little bit more kind of drop of the shoulder, feints, um, you know, working himself half a yard type of player. Um, but, I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, I loved it at the end, the, the game against Leicester. Not obviously, I mean, the goal was amazing, but the scenes afterwards at full time, uh, the fans in the corner, the players going over, not just the, the players that were on the pitch as well. It was, the subs was there. I, I saw Diego Carlos absolutely loving life in the corner there, singing along to all the songs. And that just highlighted to, to me and everyone really the togetherness that's in within that squad at the moment. And obviously Bertrand Chori is a well-liked um player within that squad and he's you know he's got a lot of friends in there and it you would think that it probably would have not only hurt him but hurt some of the other players in the squad the way that he was made to train with the under 23s and then kind of let go on loan when we got rid of most of our wire players last summer so you can obviously see the impact that he's had coming back in January he's well liked amongst the squad but I can see him getting more minutes maybe not you know not just a cameo in the final 10 minutes see how things go during the game. And a lot depends on what's going on in the game, but you can see him coming on, you know, with maybe giving him half an hour or, or, or you know, 35 minutes, something like that um, in the second half on Saturday. Yeah, I saw some footage earlier and actually Leon Bailey's one of the ones that looks really delighted for him. And you might think, well, oh, he, you know, he's going to come and, come and take my place. But I think that shows the team spirit amongst the group at, at the moment. Bailey was one of the ones that looked absolutely delighted for Bertrand Traore. I saw him commenting on his on his Instagram post as, as well. You don't fake stuff like that. So it's good, good to see because Bailey isn't having the best of time at the moment. Might be worried about his players, but he's obviously delighted for someone who, by all accounts, it doesn't sound like he was treated very well under the previous regime at all. Do you think having the small squad is, is helping us at the moment? Because I've seen a few people write this on social media. It, 
it's kind of keeping everyone involved, isn't it? You've seen Chambers come on in in, in the last few games. And if you're part of that the, the match day squad at the moment, you are still getting minutes and you're still getting a chance to contribute. Yeah, it's polar opposites really, isn't it? When you look at Nottingham Forest squad who have probably got 25, 30 senior players and then you look at us who, you know, we've got two keepers on the bench most weeks at the moment. Um, Sometimes and, eight subs as well. Yeah, and, and, and that too. So, I think it is helping. I think it is helping. I think it's fostering that togetherness. And I think that's been the message, really, since Unai Emery came in. And I've been thinking about this more recently, the fact, you know, the messaging that's coming out of the squad over Unai Emery's time in charge. You know, it's all it's all been very aligned. All the players in post-match interviews have been saying, we need the fans to believe in the style of football that we're trying to play. This is a work in progress. We need the fans on side. And Unai Emery, every interview, he's thanking the supporters. He's talking about how well the club uh, is, is, is being supported off the pitch. So all of those messages are aligned and it's, it's built this kind of tight-knit um, squad, I feel. And also on, on that front, it's one of the things I'm, I'm kind of thankful for at the moment is that Unai Emery came in during mid-season. If we'd have had him come in in a summer campaign or, or during, during a summer window, he would have, we would have had to go through this process at the start of a season, go through the process of supporters getting used to playing out from the back, supporters getting used to the mm. different style of football and the patience of play. And it maybe wouldn't have had, you know, it would have taken us a few weeks or maybe even a couple of months to get going in a new season under, under Unai Emery. The fact that he's come in now um, last year, we've had this bit of, kind of getting to know each other period, really. It really excites me for next season because everybody's going to be on the same page. Everybody will know what to expect. So I feel like it was it was brilliant to have Unai Emery come in during mid-season to have this time to get to know the players, get to know which players he can rely on, which players are able to take instructions, which players are able to follow his his tactics. And I think, you know, it, it, it really encourages us for next season because... If it had come in and things hadn't have gone so well, we can probably we'd have probably had to say goodbye to three or four players, maybe even senior big name players in that squad. The fact that they've all taken to him and they've all bought into the idea, you feel like that's cemented their place in the squad for next season and seasons beyond as well. Yeah, he's improved players that were already there. I mean, except for Moreno, that starting eleven against Leicester, they were all here when Gerard walked through the door. Let alone when it, when Emery worked walked through the door, and he's improved players like Watkins, Concer, Mings, McGinn, players who've come under fire by the fan base in, in in recent months. They all look better players than they than, than, than they ever have done. But mm. for Aston Villa, in, in in fairness, it's just great to see. I think you raise a valid point that we you know we kind of got through the teething problems now, and you kind of in a way would have written off this season, but we can't write off Dave because we're in the hunt for Europe. <laughs> I know, which sounds sounds crazy to say. I mean, if if Aston Villa get European football next season, you know, I, I mean, Arsenal fans will say it'd be Arteta if they win the league. Brighton fans will say it's De Zerbe. Newcastle fans will say it's Eddie Howe for getting them in the Champions League. But honestly, I think Unai Emery has to be in the conversation for manager of the year if Aston Villa get a European, get a European place. Because that squad, that team was sleepwalking towards a relegation battle earlier this season. And to turn it round... And to improve those players the way he has and to get the performances out of them, it's it's an unbelievable turnaround. It's an incredible turnaround. And you're right, he's improved so many of those players. And, you know, that's one of the things that I loved when Dean Smith was in charge, the fact that he coached players and players improved. 
uh, under him as a head coach. And a lot of those players that improved ended up going backwards over the last year. And the fact that they're getting back to those levels and players like Esri Konsa, who, you know, I had second thoughts over because you Same. wondered whether he'd be able to reach a high enough level to get where Aston Villa want to go to. Would he be left behind in, in Aston Villa's improvement? The fact that he is, you know, one of the, the bedrocks of that team again alongside Tyrone means it's, it's just brilliant. And it's, you know, it's, it's, you, you don't like to put everything on the manager, but he's obviously had a lot to do with it. And you have to give him a lot of credit for it. Yeah, they've all bought into it. The players deserve a lot of credit for how they've bought into it as well. I think they'd have known if they don't, they'll they'll be out the door. But every, everyone at the moment is playing at the top of the top of their game to the best of their ability. And everyone's working hard as well. You never say this team doesn't work hard. So everything we're doing at the moment seems to be working. And you know the, they must have so much belief in Emery now. You look at the subs in the last two games. They've changed the course of the game. The substitutes he's, he's made against Chelsea and the substitutes he's made against Leicester, one of them obviously coming on and scoring the winner. Everything he tells you to do or everything that he does at the moment, you must just believe as a player that it's going to work. So, you know, we're in a really, really good place. And if we get three points against Forrest on Saturday, nine points in a week, it literally doesn't get better than that. And we'll, we'll keep ourselves in and around the top six, which at this stage of the season, I did not think I'd be talking about things like that at all. Let's finish with a score prediction then, Dave Reid. What is your score prediction? Uh, I'm going to go 2-1 Villa. Uh, I think Watkins is going to continue his scoring run. I just fancy him to get at, um, if it's uh, Felipe, Niacate yeah. at centre-back, you feel like you can get at them. Um and particularly, you know, if Emmanuel Dennis doesn't make it for, for Forrest this weekend, um, he's been, they might have to reshuffle up front as well, whether a one-year come up, come into the team to, to lead the line and it might shift Morgan Gibbs-White out wide when I think he's probably better in a central area. So, interesting on that front. But I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go 2-1 Villa. You've got, you, you, can't, you can't come on here and say that we're not going to win a game at the moment because you go into every game thinking we're going to win. No, I think 2-1 as well. I've done another podcast this morning and I, I said 2-1 to, to Villa as well. If a one year does come in, just feel like he's a similar type of striker to Solanke. And Solanke did cause constant problems at times in that, in that Bournemouth game. I don't think that Bournemouth game was as comfortable as, as, as people said it was. So I think he's a good player, a, a one year actually. Again, the few times I've seen him this season, he's, he's impressed me. He's been struggling with injury. But yeah, that's one to watch out for. I think that, again, that's a potential one that could hurt Villa. Dave Reid, thank you ever so much for joining me. It's always a pleasure. pleasure to talk to you. Come on the channel anytime. Always welcome. Subscriber numbers have gone up unbelievably. I think the fact that Villa won the way they did the other night, we did a show straight after has, has really done wonders for us as well. So thanks to, for all the support on the channel at the moment. Do make sure you subscribe with your personal notifications on. Give the video a like and give the video a comment as well if you have enjoyed it. The Stato preview will be out at some point as well. So watch out for that again thank you to dave reed and as always up the villa sports social podcast network okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.